from 1011 Now and the 1011 Studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. Because I predict these things. This is the End Report Podcast. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Welcome into the End Report Podcast and happy December 27th. It is the calm between the storms. Christmas is over. New Year's is right around the corner, and we have a special holiday edition of the End Report podcast. Kevin Suits uh, with some bold predictions today. Well, I don't know how bold they will be, but Happy New Year to you, Bill. I know. 2021. We're peering ahead to 2022. In 2021, as we discussed a week ago, the word I used was bizarre. I went with female-dominated, women-driven. Both, I think, apply, but as we... Uh, shift from one year to the next to quickly sum up 2021 if you could do that in a brief amount of time empty arenas full arenas winning teams losing teams moose alberts there was a lot it's like an ekg right it is it is and a lot of husker fans have been riding that ekg roller coaster luckily finishing on a bit of a high with women's volleyball absolutely uh so that just tells us that trying to predict 22 is Really foolish, <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen. But we're going to try. And maybe just a little bit of fodder for the new year here as we... Yeah, and for your road trips, wherever you're, you're listening to us. And if you want to grant us our Christmas wish list, it'd be great if you would rate, download, subscribe. All of those things really help us here at 1011 Now. And, and it doesn't take a whole lot of time. But let's, let's, let's get to it, Kevin. I want to know your first bold prediction for 2022. Well, we each had three. We do. And not discussed ahead of time. So hopefully there is some raw reaction as we mentioned some of these quote unquote bold predictions. Some of them are a little grounded in reality. Others are out there. At least one of mine is not really team related. And I think a lot of fans that follow Nebraska athletics, particularly the football program, want to know how's the team going to be next year. That Wait, just, is your bold prediction number one have to do with the football program? It, we're going to just get that out of <laughs> okay, the way. Okay. But it has nothing to do with the record because oh, my we've, learned, <laughs> we've learned over the past four and a half years that trying to predict what's going to happen with the Nebraska football program is an impossible task. Well, unless you're predicting fewer than six wins, then you're... Yikes. If you're trying to look at wins and losses, it, what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. There's been some instability there. There's been some underperformance, some surprise players. So I just won't. I, I mean, I think I was on the eight and four train in August, and I was three six and nine and is a lot different than eight and four. Yeah, I, that's the thing. No one predicted three and nine, and even the previous year, the pandemic year, three and five. A lot of folks didn't see that either. So, I, as much as I've scoured over that schedule for 2022 and tried to identify where a win may be where a potential streak could maybe be. I'm, I'm just not going there. It's just an impossible task. I'm going to throw something else out there regarding the football program, and that is I believe Heinrich Harburg will start one of the games mm. this upcoming season at the quarterback. Pri- the pride of Carney Catholic. He has a new offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. I think that Heinrich is Wait, a- it, 
I'm just realizing this, but two of Nebraska's three quarterbacks are right from, now are from Carney Catholic, right? Yeah, oh, okay. and they followed each other, you know, in, in their high school careers. Matt Masker, Heinrich Harvard. I think Heinrich's a little bit in the body type of Kenny Pickett. I'm not saying that he's going to be Kenny Pickett, but I think the way that he uh, physically stands and operates. I mean, if you're going to draw up the attributes of a pro-style quarterback. And he runs well. 6'5", 200, athletic. There now, you go. Heinrich still needs to put on a lot of weight, get stronger. He's got to learn a new offensive system. He's got to develop relationships with this new offensive coaching staff. But I think that maybe he fits right in with, with what they want to try to do. And so, I think he's got a great skill set. We got to watch him in high school, and he's a... He's and a, he, made, he made plays during the spring game, too. He's a great kid. He's got a ton of potential. We know Scott Frost was very excited about landing Heinrich in the recruiting process, and then on signing day, he couldn't say enough good things about him. So uh, I'm going to go with Heinrich Harburg starting at quarterback at least one time in the 2022 well, okay. so, Nebraska football season. And, oh, by the way, if we would have done this, Bill, 12 months ago, if the bold prediction would have been Logan Smothers will start a game at quarterback for Nebraska, it would have been true. And it would have been very bold because, I mean, he's he was the backup, and Adrian Martinez had always missed at least one game every season he'd played. So fault me for being a little sneaky here, too. You know? I know, but, well, this is where my brain goes. If you're saying you think Heinrich Harburg will start at quarterback, you're either suggesting that Logan Smothers is the starter. And no, I didn't the, say or, that. And then Heinrich is the backup, or... That Nebraska gets a transfer quarterback. That transfer quarterback takes the starting job, and Heinrich Harburg overtakes Logan Smothers as the backup. Or are both quarterbacks injured? Or is Heinrich just the starter? I didn't say, and I won't say. <laughs> you know, three years. You got ago, a lot of outs with this prediction. I, I do. As I say, it's sneaky. Um, three years ago, Noah Vedral started at quarterback for Nebraska. That year, they had three different guys. Take snaps under center to start a game. There you go. That's Again, not touching a record, not touching a bold prediction regarding the offense, coaching status, none of it. Not even touching Ireland. I'm just saying that Heinrich Harbrook's going to start at quarterback. Okay, well, I'll go exactly opposite. And my bold prediction basically involves the entire Husker season. <laughs> good I'm luck. just going to lay out how this thing is going to play out. I'm going to start with this. Nebraska, the Nebraska football team, your Nebraska Cornhuskers, I think, Kevin, are going to start 6-0 and next year. I'm glad the coffee hear, wasn't in my some, mouth. I hear some chuckles in the newsroom as we record this, but uh, just hear me out on the schedule. This is how they open, okay? Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern. Listen, you got to beat Northwestern. That seat will be flaming hot for Scott Frost if you lose to Northwestern in Ireland. I get it. It's not a guarantee. Heck, I think Pat Fitzgerald might be coaching the Chicago Bears next year. So who knows who Northwestern's quarterback or head coach is going to be. But if you get through those three, then you hit Oklahoma. Guess what? Oklahoma's got a new head coach, Brett Venables. Sure, he's got ties to Oklahoma. He's been there before. They love him coming home. But I think maybe Nebraska gets a little revenge. They beat Oklahoma. They're 4-0. Okay, go to Rutgers. Take care of Rutgers. Then you got Indiana at home. Oh, maybe you can get by Indiana. There's no Michael Penix there next year. I know. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Why stop Kevin. there? Keep on going. <laughs> Six and oh. Michigan's okay. next. <laughs> then you got a bye week. Okay. Six and oh plus a bye week. Oh, and then Michigan. Michigan 
in Ann Arbor. Michigan's a college football playoff team right now. I just don't see the Huskers pulling that off. Here's, here's where I say things go awry. I think you go 6-0, and and then I think you drop four straight. I think you You're lose still three. going. I am. My bold prediction is actually 74 bold predictions about the Husker football season. <laughs> I think you lose to Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Purdue. So then you're sitting there at 6-4. and four. You got Illinois and Iowa to finish the season. Take Illinois, lose to Iowa. I'm feeling a seven and five. I think seven wins get you to those mutually agreed upon metrics. I, I think, but it's seven and five with losses yet again to Iowa and to Minnesota and to Wisconsin. That seat for 2023 is still pretty hot for Scott Frost, but he's still there. <laughs> you just <laughs> attempted to predict the entire football season. I tried to do the impossible. And you, see, the thing the is, improbable. You, Bill, the you unlikely. Infused, you infused logic. <laughs> and we've learned over the past four and a half years, you can't rely on logic to try to think yeah. about what's going to happen with the Nebraska football season. But let's just kind of look at the 6-0 and o that you talked about. If they're 6-0, and o, you're probably ranked. ranked. Yeah. A game against Michigan. Bill, you can at Arbor, Ann Arbor, maybe that's Primetime football. You can only go 6-0 and if you win the first game. And that first game in Ireland against Northwestern. Yeah. Dare we say it's the biggest game of the season? Well, that's what we said last year. You there said Illinois was the biggest game of the season. There are so many similarities to what Nebraska will experience this upcoming August as to what they did this past August. Playing a team that finished in the bottom of the Big Ten West. Illinois did. Northwestern just did. A game that is against the team from the state of Illinois. And a game that a lot of people feel is hugely important for the trajectory of the season. It's kind of eerie the way that these two, it is. These two seasons and run look at congruently. The next, look at the next two. North Dakota, Georgia Southern. Who Fordham. Fordham. Fordham and Buffalo. You just pull who, who was the fourth game? Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. You think they beat Oklahoma? Well, the, yes, Kevin. That was... That was uh, bullet point seven in my uh, bold prediction for the 2022. Why season. they're called bold predictions? Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to number two for you. Well, sorry, I, I'm still just thinking about the way you did that. Well, congratulations. That was that was great. And seven and five means they go to a bowl game for the first time under Scott Frost. And then maybe they're eight and five. Maybe they're seven and six. Wow. Wow. Well, that was fun. But when we do our bold pickums next year, you know what? Nebraska is going to be on that list. That's what I think. All right. That'd be fun. Um, my bold prediction number two, we're going to step away from football and we're going to go to the sport of baseball. I feel like next year's team, 2022, they may be as good, if not better, than a team that just earned Will Bolt, the Big Ten Coach of the Year Award, and resulted in the Hoskers winning the conference regular season championship. They had the John Olerud Award winner. Big Ten Spencer player of the year. Big Ten freshman of the year. Stack team. I think this team could be even better. Wow. Max Anderson, How? the Big Ten Why? freshman of the year. I think he's going to get even better. This pitching staff, though they lost Cade Povich and Schwellenbach on the backside, overall from pitcher number one to pitcher number 18, it might be better. They infuse a very, very talented incoming class, which has a transfer from Texas A&M. They have C.J. Hood, a Norris grad that can throw in the low to mid-90s. Drew Christo passed on going pro. 
straight out of high school. You could argue that he was maybe one of the top 100 players in the draft, but because the MLB draft is so different than any other draft, signability is a big part of it. He had all the leverage. You know, he had a certain number. If the Major League Baseball teams weren't going to match his number, he was going to go play college baseball. No shame in that. Win, 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 win for Will Bolt. He has a guy that might be one of the best arms in the Big Ten. We've never seen him at the collegiate level. You know what you're missing, too. Who've, who have I left out? I mean, I, we could Not a player. Rob Childress. Yeah. Rob Childress, not a coach. He's in a support staff role, but he might be the best baseball mind in the building. And that, with all due respect to Lance Harvell, Jeff Christie, and Will Bolt. But Rob Childress has led a team to the CWS. He's been on staff in Nebraska before, and now he's going to have his fingerprints all over this program in a role in which he can through the NCAA rules of, uh, of him being on staff. I think every, there's so much momentum behind this upcoming baseball season. So to tangibly say what they could accomplish in 2022, I feel like this team is going to win more than 40 games. <sighs> I believe they are going to win the Big Ten tournament, which is in And Omaha. they have a much more normal schedule this year. Midweek games, more games, non-conference games. And, and their non-con is pretty challenging. But I think they're going to be up for anything thrown their way. I think they're going to win more than 40. The conference tournament is at TD Ameritrade Park. You mean Charles, Charles Schwab Field, yep. Omaha? They're going to rename it. But it's, but it's down the road. And the fan base is going to be there. And they know that this team and this program can contend with anybody in the league. I think Nebraska wins it. If you win the Big Ten Conference, the Big Ten Tournament, what does that mean? You're hosting you might be regionals. Host, yep. That's where I'm going with all of this. I believe Nebraska baseball will host a regional. You gave me a hard time for my football prediction. This is pretty, pretty, this is pretty rosy. detailed it's pretty rosy. baseball prediction. I think it's very possible. And I think Will Bolt, I've been on record saying this time and time again, I think he's one of the best coaches on that campus. He's fantastic. Not only from a baseball standpoint, X's and O's, his players love him. There, there is gritty, not pretty, right? That's what he says. He's got the roster to play that way. They almost went into Arkansas and took down the number one seat. They didn't. They got close. They won one against the Razorbacks. Still got to leave a bad taste in their mouth. So I'm going baseball. Plus they the hosed in the seating. I'm going baseball. Winning the Big Ten tournament in Omaha, then hosting a regional in Lincoln. I'm going to stop there because my crystal ball isn't crystal <laughs> enough to go any further. But I that's like what it I got. though. I like, I like the positivity. Here's my glass of Kool-Aid, Kevin. You liked that, didn't you? I did. Okay. Okay. Number two for me. Well, I got to go with the, the women near and dear to our hearts who just wrapped up an incredible season, the Nebraska women's volleyball team. And, I'm, and, and my prediction here is actually pretty similar to what you just said. My, my bold prediction is that when it becomes postseason time for Nebraska volleyball, they don't leave the state of Nebraska. I'm not going to say right now that they win everything, but let's not forget that the Final Four next year is where, Kevin? Omaha. Let's not forget that in all likelihood, Nebraska will probably host first-round games. I think they're good enough next year to host a regional. 
They're not going to travel to Austin. They're not going to travel to Louisville. They're not going to travel to Madison. I think people travel to Lincoln, Nebraska for a regional. Fingers crossed they win. Then they go 50 miles to the northeast and head to Omaha for the final four. You have three players that have a big decision to make, right? Who are those three right now? Nicklin Hames, Kayla Caffey, Callie Schwartzenberg. Okay, I think you get one or two of those that come back. I think maybe NIL money helps a little bit. I imagine uh, those players, you know, whether they want to continue professionally in volleyball, professionally in their lives. <laughs> what did Kayla Caffey say? She's going to be 25 next year mm-hmm. during season. You know, who knows? But if you get one or two of those pieces back, oh, yeah, you have three freshmen that played significant postseason minutes that are no longer wide-eyed freshmen. They're seasoned sophomores, right? I think John Cook's coaching strategy, you know, really helps. Uh, You know, he put them in tough spots this year. I think that pays dividends next year. Part Part of this bold prediction is also that they break the streak against Wisconsin. They've now lost eight straight. I have to imagine... If Wisconsin comes to Lincoln next year, Huskers take care of the Badgers. Well, Wisconsin has changed, as will Nebraska change next year. But Dana Retke, she will no longer... Is she she gone finally? Well, well, it's been five years of (laughs) All-American status. She has graduated and will exit the program. She's a phenomenal, phenomenal Sydney Hilly will have exited the program. Now, Anna Spreck is back, the most valuable player of the Final Four. She was a freshman this past year. Um... But it's a different Badgers team they're going to face. So I think that that is very realistic, Bill, of beating the Badgers. And when you said hosting a regional, I started thinking about that. In order to host a regional, you have to be one of the top four teams in the country. Well, this past year, Wisconsin hosted a regional, right? So maybe the vacancy, maybe Nebraska like dethrones Wisconsin, not only from winning the Big Ten, but having that elite status from the conference representation. Mm -hmm. And so as Wisconsin, I don't want to call it passing the torch to Nebraska, but maybe Nebraska takes that spot when the committee looks at which Big Ten team maybe most deserves to host a regional. I think Nebraska will be better than Wisconsin next year. Do you think Nebraska's better than they were this year? That's tough. You don't have Lawrence Stiverns. It was a great run. You lose Lawrence Stiverns. Yeah, that's and there's special chemistry there with this team. So that's you also be, lost. A, I mean, you lost a great coach too, Tyler Hildebrand. So, yo, know, it's tough. But I, I, let's also, let's also not discredit the fact that, you know, okay, these three freshmen they had this year, uh, you know, more than three, but the three that saw significant minutes, that was the number one volleyball recruiting class. I think they're bringing in what the number two two, two recruiting class, but also the number one overall recruit, right? Hayden Kubik, sister of Maddie Kubik, she will be on campus this January. In fact, the three signees they have will all start training with the team during the spring semester. Macy Bosiger from Norris, Becca Alec from Waverly, and Hayden Kubik from West Des Moines, sister of Maddie Kubik. And I know we, I know we got to get moving on. Here's my last little note. This is in a bold prediction. But Nebraska has to have the highest talent of volleyball per capita at the youth and high school level of, of any state in, the, state in the nation, right? The amount of Division I talent that comes from a state with less than 2 million people is just mind-boggling. I would like to know that. How many Division I signees are there 
over the past five years, per year, how many Division I players has this state produced? Because there are girls who will go to the East Coast, to the West Coast, to Wichita State, down to Texas, and not only Division I, you look within this state, Bill, not to get too far in the weeds here, but we have some NAIA programs that are elite in the Concordia. state of Nebraska. Concordia, Midland, Donuts on the Rise, UNK went to the Division II National Championship match just a few years ago, and they were sensational again this past fall. Wayne State has a very good program. UNO had a really nice year. There is just the everywhere you turn, there is good volleyball in this state. And more times than not, the rosters of these teams have native Nebraskans on them. In Nebraska, the, the queen of them all, you look at what the roster will look like next year. Lindsey Krause from Omaha, Bosiger from Norris, Becca Alec from Waverly, Ani Evans from Waverly, Whitney Lonstein from Waverly. Five players? Kalen Meyer from Superior. Six players. It's almost half the team made up of girls from Nebraska. And a pretty good team it is. Okay, number three. You want me to go first or you want to go first? I'm going to go because you just stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go volleyball as well, so I had that in my pocket to say Nebraska volleyball makes the Final Four. That was because it's in Omaha, and for all the reasons we just mentioned, I was going to use that as my bold prediction. This is where I say, sorry, not sorry. I don't know how bold <laughs> that really is, saying the volleyball team is going to make the That was my, Final I'm four. not going too far out on a limb prediction. So I've got to reach out of the back pocket then and come up with, uh, it here, and this is it. Let's just see if we can just rattle this off and make coherent thoughts, which sometimes is very challenging I'm for me. Nervous. I'm going to say that in 2022, Nebraska Athletics makes an announcement. I'm not saying this is going to happen, well, but this is very to, similar to what mine's going to be. I hope it's they're going to same. make an announcement in the upcoming year that a hockey program will begin at the University Ooh. of Nebraska. Not saying it will happen in 2022. Division one hockey at Nebraska, but they will announce the vision to bringing hockey onto campus. They have the Breslow Ice Arena. You think that's spearheaded by Trev Alberts? Alberts coming from UNO, UNO Maverick Hockey. That's, that's a big deal in Omaha. Well, he knows the blueprint, and I, Trev is smart enough to know that he can't try to use the UNO model to work at Nebraska because at UNO, that is one of the flagship sports. That will not be the case at Nebraska, the flagship sports. Not right sports. away. I mean, I could see if you mean, I could football, see. Yeah. Football, volleyball, men's basketball, women's basketball, those are the flagship sports at Nebraska. But at least providing hockey to prospective student-athletes, fans in the community a chance to watch hockey. They have a facility already in place that is to size in terms of competition. And there is a club hockey team affiliated with the University of Nebraska, not governed by Nebraska athletics, but they wear Nebraska sweaters. So there's already a bit of an inroad to hockey becoming a realistic possibility. I remember when they opened up Pinnacle Bank Arena, you know, one of the first months when they were showing the media around, they flipped it into a hockey rink. They said, look what we can do. You know, there's little, little nuggets on the periphery, periphery that I can see, uh, you know, Little pieces here, little pieces here. Maybe it can all come together. So I like that. I wouldn't assume. And this is a this is a city. I mean, gosh, Kevin, 
You remember when the Lincoln Stars were the Lincoln Stars of the mid 2000s? I mean, they've I mean they've fallen off quite a bit lately as far as attendance and stuff. But gosh, when I was freshman, sophomore in college, junior, senior in high school, we would go to the ice box, and it'd be tough to get in. I mean, there'd be 2,000 people there. Yeah, sellouts at the ice box were not a an uncommon thing. It happened regularly, specifically on the weekends during December, January, February. They're just some diehard hockey fans. Also, they had group sales that would be off the charts, whether it was with uh, some fraternities and sororities at the University of Nebraska, uh, Boy Scout groups, other different uh, teams and, and organizations that would go there in mass and enjoy hockey together. This is a community that will support hockey as evidenced through, uh, as witnessed through the Lincoln Stars during their early years in the capital city here. You know, even you, you mentioned, you know, the early 2000s. Do you realize that when the Stars started, not only was attendance off the chart, it was sold out, there were broadcasts. Those, some of those games were broadcast on 10-11's air. And we even wow, did some, some pregame shows on 10-11. Now, we wouldn't do something like that just out of a selfish nature. Be, no, it was because there was a demand, there was a demand for and it. a desire for it. So the community will support hockey. Will it support Nebraska hockey if it does become a reality? I like that, that is, prediction. That is I'm for Fred Alberts to decide. I'll sign that petition. Just an interesting thought. But there's a prediction for 2022. All right. Well, my, my, my third is pretty similar. It's not about hockey, but it is, this is weird, but my, my bold prediction is about an announcement that'll come this year about something that'll happen the following year. And Does that it happen is, at a hockey game? <laughs> well, maybe, probably. Uh, okay, so my third bold prediction is that Nebraska in 2023 allows the sale of beer at Memorial Stadium. That announcement comes toward the end of the 2022 season. I think the university proved it to themselves with the Garth Brooks concert that they can do it in a safe manner, in a revenue generating manner, and that there's a need for it. I mean, Trev Alberts always talks about fan experience. I think when he goes on Sports Nightly every month, there's always at least a minute in there about fan experience and how they want to improve amenities and change South Stadium and do this and do that. And I think, I think the way of this world is pointing to allow alcohol. I know it's a college game, but I think other Big Ten schools has proven you can do it responsibly. And oh, well, you might make, oh yeah, you might make a little cash too. I mean, Kevin, let's just do some quick math. I know that's your favorite, quick math. Okay, so let's say I'll there are, just let you do the quick there math. Are 90, I'll let's say there are 90,000 people at Garth Brooks, right? I think they're selling tall boys for 10 bucks a pop. If you sold 100,000, which I think is probably low, but maybe, maybe close to accurate, you're making a million dollars. Let's say you only generate 30% profit. Okay, that's 300 grand times that by seven home games. That's $2.1 million. Yeah, so that's a lot of money for an athletic department. So I think the writing is on the wall at other universities who've had successful that this can be done at Nebraska. But I also think there are some very strong voices within the program, outside of the program, that maybe just don't want that to happen. Just, I'm wondering if maybe those voices get overridden this year. So do you think the alcohol sales thing 
would become a reality based on the financial implications that you just mentioned? I don't think it would be marketed that way. Or I, I don't want marketability. I just want like, <laughs> what do you think is behind the closed door? Do you think that they that I think it the, has to be the administration fan experience that the the administration looks at it and says, listen, we can make a lot of money by doing this, so we're going to do it, or is it to try to accommodate fans who have consistently asked for the sale of alcohol within Memorial Stadium? And I'm not saying that you're selling fireball shooters on at the concourse. <laughs> I'm saying you're you're selling you know tall somebody boys. just perked up <laughs> listening to this, by the way. Uh, but I mean, I, I just think, you know, I, you know, anecdotally, like I don't have the articles in front of me, but from what I've heard and what I've read and what I can remember is that there haven't been major problems. You've been to every Big Ten away stadium. I mean, are there, yes, there are drunken fans. We all think back to Colorado in the mid 2000s. That was awful. The student section. But that's the that exception. Kicked, that is the exception. What is normal? What is normal, Kevin? From everything I've seen and witnessed, and granted, I am not in the stands, but I have eyes on the stands as we try to get video of uh, the fans that are there in all these football stadiums. And do you see fans holding cans of beer multiple at, at a time? Yeah, sometimes. How many times have I witnessed somebody being unruly and doing any illegal behavior? I, I don't know that I can count on more than a couple, maybe once or twice. I do remember there was a piece of video from the Illinois game a couple of years ago. There was a lady who was, she was grooving, like she was dancing. She was and she had, she had one drink in one hand and another drink in the other, and she was having a good time. But it wasn't like, a, to me, it didn't appear as if there was some sort of abuse there. Um, we are not trying to condone anything here or try to, like, we're not making, oh, no, we're just, not making a statement that we this think is, this should happen. We, no, no, this isn't a should or shouldn't. This is, I, th I think it will. I shouldn't even say I think it will. It's my it's my it's, your bold it's my bold prediction. I think it's a possibility. I think it's a very real possibility. Have I seen anything that would indicate that having alcohol in the stadium is a dangerous idea? The answer is no. And you're right. I have been inside every Big Ten venue, and and more of them, more of them than not allow it now. I don't know how many don't allow it. It's it's the smaller number, smaller of the numbers. Um, there are stadiums that are loud and, and boisterous, and I, I don't know that alcohol is the generator behind the excitement. Oh, so now, alcohol in Minnesota, and Minnesota is not loud and boisterous. No, and this is where we would need to bring in, you know, law enforcement to get their opinion and their thoughts on what they witness regularly. But from everything, from a fan experience, from what I have witnessed firsthand, it hasn't appeared that there has been anything. Um, directly correlated to the sale of alcohol to insubordinate behavior within a football stadium. I mean, there is insubordinate behavior within Memorial Stadium and alcohol is not allowed. But alcohol is there. But that's, that's there, my I point. Mean, and that would be another thing. If you allow alcohol you know, legally inside the stadium, then there's less smuggling, there's less, you know, theori I'm theoretically less binge whether, drinking. Whether alcohol is sold in a venue or not, there still may be insubordinate behavior because there are people that will still find a way to consume alcoholic beverages, whether it's at halftime, a timeout, in between quarters, back at a tailgate and then come back in, or maybe they have a, a deep pocket on a coat that <laughs> something comes in that shouldn't. I think there's a few thousand deep pockets uh, on a cold November day at Memorial Stadium. Um, okay, 
So our bold predictions, let's recap real quick. Heinrich Harburg makes a start at quarterback. That's a good one. Nebraska goes seven and five, actually winning the first six and then going one and five in their final six. Detailed. Volleyball goes to the final four, doesn't leave Nebraska in their playoff run. Really out on a limb. Hockey. The, ba the baseball team. Oh, yeah, baseball. The baseball team winning the Big Ten Conference Tournament in Omaha and then hosting a regional in Lincoln. Hockey not being added in 2022. Boozed but, up hockey fans. <laughs> but an announcement that paves the path for hockey to become a sanctioned sport at the University of Nebraska. And then you finish it all off with... Possibly legalizing alcohol sales inside Memorial Stadium. Bold. Bold. Spicy. Hot. On a winter day. I'm glad we could entertain everybody as they transition out of 2021 and think ahead to what could be in 2022. And we promise the headlines and the newsmakers, those are coming in January. We've got a lot of football to talk about. We've got baseball to talk about. We've got a 12-0 women's basketball program to talk about. We've got a men's basketball program that's doing just about the opposite right now. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get to all of that in January. We wanted to leave, leave you uh, and leave this year on a little bit of a fun note. Uh, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to the End Report podcast. We'll see you next year. You've been listening to the End Report podcast from 1011 Now. Subscribe and leave a ratings on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch 1011 Now Sports and download the 1011 Now app.